All right, Jan, let's make our way over to the major leagues. The, uh, the season is underway. We might as well give a little bit of a preview. We are, uh, you know, admittedly probably not the, uh, the top baseball podcast in the, uh, in the world, but we like going to games and drinking beer and eating hot dogs. So, so doesn't that make us what, the best? What more do you need? Doesn't that make us the best people to talk about it then? Because we're just there for the fun of it. We're yeah. we're taking what we see and and taking it at, as as truth. So let's let's talk about it. Let's talk baseball. So true. We uh we're there as as they say on the Bachelor. We're there at the baseball games for the right reasons. Yeah, we are. I'm not Beer, there. Brats, babes, babes, babes. I had to add babes because I was like, it's an alliteration, and I'm gonna. I don't think I've ever talked to anyone at a, uh, a baseball game. That'd be a now. Now you have to. Now that's your, yeah. That's what you have to do next time. Every we'll game have... we go to now, I'm just like, all right, I gotta go get a number. I I said I was here for the beer, brats, and babes, and if I don't flirt with somebody, then I am a liar. There you go, and that's there's no worse thing than a liar. So, so true. we'll let we'll let you know how that goes with Matt this season. Some more shameless stories for you, hopefully, in the future. All right, let's start with, uh, you know, the division where hopefully we'll be going to see some games. Who do you got winning the AL East? Yeah, I mean, the Rays were the pick, obviously, to like to think about making. Obviously, went to the World Series and have all the great. uh, But they lost some players. And I just I just think that I still got to pick the Yankees. You know, they got they got Kluber and Cole as pitchers. They still got Judge Stanton, LeMahieu on the roster. You you gotta pick them. They 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 might disappoint. Um, they smashed the Orioles last night. They got the power. You know, it's hard to pick division winners because what does that even mean? But I I think that I think that the Yankees. I I gotta pick them as long as they're there and they haven't imploded. I gotta pick the Yankees. Yeah, I uh, I want the Yankees as well. I think certainly I think the Rays will still be good this year, and and I'm I'm pretty high on the Blue Jays as well. But you know, we we've talked about the Yanks before. Certainly, they've got the bats. Seems like their pitching is is starting to kind of get there. I think Garrett Cole, especially here now in season two, it's a, a normal season as compared to the, the wacky pandemic one. I, I think he'll find himself a little bit more, become that ace they need. And you know, you you've mentioned it a lot before. The biggest thing with the Yankees is can they stay healthy? If they can stay healthy, they're easily the best team in the AL, and I think they can challenge the Dodgers. But they haven't been able to stay healthy for the last few years. So that's. That's certainly been their Achilles heel, but if they can keep health, the Yanks, I think, are, are the clear winner in the AL East as well. Central, I'll go. Uh, I'm going to take the White Sox. No sneaking up on anybody this year. Last year, of course, we're, we're kind of a, a surprise team with all that young talent, um, but now they also are bringing back one of one of the all-time greats, Tony La Russa, back in the dugout, which I absolutely love. Um, the kind of manager that, that can do a lot with a little, and um, he, he's got more than a little here with the White Sox. So I, I think he's going to really maximize – that their that team's talent uh, as they keep on maturing, and I think he's really going to help take them to the next step and uh, and win the central. I think that the White Sox are going to do great in the postseason, but I think that the Twins are going to run away with the AL Central and then shit their leg down the postseason. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> you mean they're going to have a twin season? They're going to have a twin season. I mean, yesterday they hit 15 runs. Um, they look like their bats are on fire. Nelson Cruz already has two home runs and a grand slam. So, you know, sky's the limit for him this season. And they got a good pitching rotation. I mean, between Barrios and Shoe- Shoemaker and Pineda and Maeda, you know, it's not a bad pitching rotation. They can get some wins uh, from their arms as well. So I'm going to go with the Twins. They're hot to start the season. I think they'll be hot throughout. And then, like I said, I'm not putting a jack shit on them in the postseason. 
They are. They are. They like continually are just so great in the regular. Like surprise every year in the regular season, and then normally can't quite get it done the postseason. But I, I think that's a, a great pick. Certainly, as you said, the fifteen run. Like they they can put up runs with with anybody, and um, they're they're a team that they just kind of. They get it done enough every single year. All right, give me your, your West pick in the AL. Ugh, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, the Astros are going to win the AL West. I mean, that's just fair. Gross. But, like, you know, they, they before yesterday, I don't I didn't know what yesterday's game was, but before yesterday, they were four, four wins out of four. They hit 35 runs and only allowed nine. Like, already, they, they look like they're connecting, and they still have some players that can improve. Um, they've, they've been really good throughout, as much as I hate them. Uh, they're still a really good team. So I'm picking the Astros, but I'm not happy about it. Yeah, I, I couldn't pick the Astros. I couldn't pick it was I couldn't pick the Astros. <laughs> and then I think also there's just like I just every single year I have this desire to watch Mike Trout in the playoffs. So I'm I'm gonna go with the Angels. They're they're you know, every single year they're they're kind of a, a, a sexy pick to to finally get it done and they always disappoint, even though they've had the best player in baseball for, for several years now. But I, I think this is the year they get it done. I I, I think that the West is is pretty open. I, I don't think the Astros are super that much better than anybody. Um, I, I think the A's certainly are still going to be in play. The A's, like the Twins, just always kind of make life difficult. But you got Mike Trout, Shohei Tani starting off the season really really well. Of course, kind of got banged up, I think. But but I think he's all right. Um, and if he can like kind of keep on taking that next step, I think this team. I think they're a little better than advertised, and uh, I, I think the Angels are going to get done. Yeah, watch out because if Mike Trout gets to the playoffs, everyone's in trouble. Everyone's in trouble. He's been to the playoffs once. Like it is, it breaks my heart. This is that would be like literally like LeBron James if he was in the prime of his career going to the playoffs once. Like I, I, I shouldn't pick the Angels either because I, I think I also hate them for ruining the career or screwing up several years of the career of of a guy who's a phenomenal baseball player. Yeah, but you got to pick him while he, they got him. So that's I like the pick. I like the pick. I'm giving, I'm giving my faith again with him. They'll, they'll probably end up sucking, but I'm going to roll with it. Hey, but if not, then you then you, then you you made that pick, and you can you can brag about it. That's the best part of this. <laughs> All right, who are your two wildcard teams coming out of the AL? Oh, boy. I, I have no idea. Can I say something? I, I just don't really know. Um... I think the Rays will probably go. Um, so I, I think the Rays will be one of those teams. You know what it is? I think the Rays will be one of those teams, and I think I, I think the White White Sox will also be uh, one of those teams. Uh, so that, that's that's who I'm going to say: Rays and White Sox. I had I had Twins. Me and you switched on division winner and wild card, but I got the Twinnies because of, like I said, the, the runs they can put up and, and a, a solid pitching staff. Uh, and then I went Blue Jays. I, I really. I really like Ooh. Toronto. I think they. I think they've got a chance to challenge uh, New York for that AL East crown. Uh, lots of young bats, and um, I so yeah, I got I got Minnesota and Toronto going. Minnesota and Toronto is the wild Minnesota card. Minnesota and Toronto, love it. <laughs> All right, let's head on over to the NL. Um, should we just start in the West so we can get this one done? Yeah, Unless you're I gonna mean, surprise me. I mean, I'm not. I'm absolutely not going to surprise you. I, I hope I don't surprise you. I mean, it's it's the Dodgers. You know, I love the Padres, uh, and they'll compete, but got to give the nod to the defending champions. They added Trevor Bauer, and he's already got 10 Ks in his first start, so that's just going to be a great match made in heaven. Um, and I honestly, I have something. To, so they had Corey Seager. They got uh, you know, 
Jay Turner. They got Christian Taylor. They got Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts, Max Muncy, AJ Pollock, and Gavin Lux, the young guy. If he can take a step up, this team will actually be unstoppable. Like not even like not even like they seem unstoppable. If Gavin Lux can make that next step, then all of a sudden their team looks unbeatable. Uh, their pitching is unbeatable between Urias and Kershaw and um, and our guy uh, Trevor Bauer. So I, yeah, I I picking the Dodgers. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean like the, the Padres may very well be the second best team in baseball. Like they, they, there's a very good chance of that. But the the first best team is is the Dodgers. And I like I'm interested mostly to see with them where because they they were so close to that World Series title for so many so many years. Now they've finally gotten it. Like does that just set off a, a run of, of dominance? I mean, they, they somehow got better. And I think they'll probably be playing with even more confidence. Like, the Dodgers are just scary. So, yeah, I, I figure we start with the West and, and get that one out of the way. Uh, well, let's flip all the way back to the East. Who you got winning the NL East? Uh, I'm going to go with the Mets. You know, I'm going to say – Love I'm it. not saying they're going to win the World Series or anything, but I think they make the jump. And I say, I, you know – I think New York benefits year one from the offseason acquisitions. You know, th- you look at their batters. They got Francisco Lindor, but they still got Nimmo. They got Pete Alonso, obviously, big bat. Michael Conforto, Jeff McNeil. They got a lot of good players. And their pitchers, they got Jacob deGrom, who's one of the ba- best pitchers, I think, in baseball. And they got uh, Mark Stroman. So, and I think he's a great pitcher as well. I think a great acquisition after losing uh, Syndergaard. So, you know, I think they got good players up and down the field. Um, and, and, you know... I don't really know that anyone else in the NL East is like scary, scary that I think there's no way. So I'm going to go with the Mets. Uh, I think, I think they benefit from, from Francisco Lindor. Yeah. I, I, I love it. I, um, I think, you know, and the Mets really like, especially since we've kind of been in New York, they've had, a, they've had a ton of really talented rosters. It's just been a lot of like, I feel like inner turmoil with that franchise that is, has hindered the performance out on on the diamond, uh, so I I think now with the new ownership and everything, maybe a little bit more stability. Maybe they can finally really take that talent and take advantage of it. I'm going to go with the Nationals. Uh, it's a team to me that still has some of the best pitching in the entire league. I mean, we can when you can still throw out Max Scherzer and, and Steven Strasburg, like that's that's terrifying. And and Juan Soto not a, a credible year last year, but we saw what he did on on their World Series run. I think he kind of gets back to where he was and, and becomes kind of the star that we we expect him and, and know that he is. Love that pick. I do. I mean, Max Scherzer, man. What a whew, what a player. Love, love, Max Scherzer always seems older to, to me than he is, but I, he's only like 31. He's only 31? He seems like he's so. 38. That's ridiculous. Yeah, right? I'm I like let let me let me stack, you know. Stat check. Stat check. Stat check. Stat check. Oh yeah, no, I was completely. He's thirty six. So oh okay. I don't know where oh. I saw thirty one. That seems more like he's the godfather of pitching. Honestly, uh, well, because I saw thirty one like randomly somewhere, and I was just like, "There's no way." But I, he's been pitching for eighty years, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but he's still so good. So good for him. I mean, it's hard to keep pitching at a, such a high level for so many years. It's true. It's true. It's the uh, the adaptability of those kind of pitchers is always always impressive. Uh, all right, let's go to the NL Central, Jan. Who you got? Honestly, this one, I don't have a clue, and I also don't care. I think this, this whole division— This one was division, the toughest one. This division, I think, is all so inconsistent. I think they got good teams, but, like, the Cubs, the Reds, the Brewers, I just have no faith in any of them right now. I think they all have talent, but they all are too inconsistent. 
Um, you know, it's I'm a division go with- that year in and year out, like is super close. And this year particularly, it feels like there's no great teams and no really bad teams, but it just, it's like five middle like, of the pack. Yeah. Like from the top to the bottom of that division it is, a, it, I feel like is a small margin. Yeah, I agree. So I'm going to go with the Brewers. I think Christian Yelich kind of got rebounds from an, a little bit of a disappointing season last year. Uh, and I, you know, I love me some Josh Hader uh, on the mound and uh, they got my boy Jackie Bradley Jr. from the Red Sox. So I'm going to be cheering him on uh, in Milwaukee. Um, I just think the whole thing with Chris Bryan and the Cubs this offseason, I was like, I don't know what you're doing. So I, I, I don't have any faith in the Cubs this year. We will uh, we will get to my thoughts on the Cubs a little later because uh, I'm taking the Cardinals. I, I oh, think, okay, you know, there I think you go. They had a, a star again um, in, in Nolan Arenado making that trade, which I think is it's a huge catalyst for an organization like that that is always that always plays so well as a team uh, that doesn't really need a star. When they do have a star, it, it just seems to make that franchise even better. I mean, you think about the years with like Albert Pujols and such, uh, and then I you know Jack Flaherty. I think he's on his way to becoming the next great Cardinals pitcher. So I'm taking St. Louis. Uh, my wild card for the NL, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the Mets. I was I went back and forth from the Braves and, and Mets, and like I kinda I was leaning toward the Braves, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be a, a New York homer. So took the Love Mets. It. Um and then this time I, I actually did I, I read, and then of course the Padres. I like there's not there's no way I'm not taking the Padres as the other wild card team. Love that. I mean, yeah, I, I wanted to pick the Braves too. They've had a rough start to the season. It, it, it worries me a little bit. Um, not that the beginning of the season means anything, but you know, I, I but the Padres are so good uh, as long as Tatis Jr. isn't out for so long. So I got to pick the Padres. And then I pick the Cardinals because I think Nolan Arenado is going to take that team um, to places uh, that they otherwise wouldn't have gone. So I'm picking the Cardinals, picking the Padres. And I got I already got the Mets. I, I was a double homer. I went, I went, I went division winners. <laughs> I was so close to doing both. And I was like, God, I really am becoming a New Yorker, aren't I? I'm taking yeah, the Mets are. and the Yankees. Uh, I, I agree with oh, Arenado too is like one of those players where I feel like most people don't even realize how good and impactful he is just because he's been kind of lost in in Colorado. Um, just because Rockies games aren't really always getting it's it's a smaller market. Uh, so I, I think he's a guy that that people don't realize how, how good he is. All right, uh, Jan, give me teams that will surprise. A one or two, bad, good, any sort, yeah. of, any sort of surprise. Yeah, I got good. I got one good and one bad. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Blue Jays. You mentioned them as my good already. I think their young stars continue to find their fruition. Bo Bichette, uh, Kevin Biggio, Vlad Guerrero, obviously as that designated hitter, and they got good pitching. They got Chatwood, Ryu, and they got Stripling now. They got Thornton. I, I, I they're already three and one. I, again, I don't really know how yesterday's game went, but they already seem like they're they're off to a good start. And I think they got a good core. Uh, and I think they're going to surprise people. So I, I'm going to go with the Blue Jays as as a team that's going to surprise in a good way. Uh, surprise in a bad way, I'm going to go the Cleveland Indians. I mean, you know, obviously we talked about uh, that they had a lot of good pitching last year. And Shane Bieber is still really good, obviously. But his team lost Lindor and, and didn't really replace him. So I think they struggle to create offense, which they did already last season struggle to create some offense, even with Jose Ramirez. Um, so I think uh, they're going to have a less than stellar season after losing their star. Yeah, I I think those are both both great calls. I especially like I said, I'm I'm quite high on the Blue Jays. I'm I'm excited to see see what they can do. Uh, my surprise team, I, I kind of already mentioned them, so I'll go too in depth. But I think it is going to be the Angels. I'm, I'm putting my I'm putting all my my chips in the Angels basket. I'm going to roll with them uh, and and 
I think they're going to finally get it done this year, finally take at least a little advantage of, of that guy named Mount Trout. And um, this is this is the part I mentioned, Jan, my bad surprise. I think it's going to be the Cubs. I'm, yeah. I'm very worried about the state of things in Wrigley. I, I don't – I think right now it's – you know, they they messed up when they didn't really take advantage of, of some getting rid of some players and, and bolstering their – prospects and such a few years ago and now they're they're in this weird limbo state of like kind of we were world series champions but like that was a while ago and it seems more like a rebuild i I think the season starts kind of poorly for chicago and if that happens then then you mentioned chris bryant already he's gone he is like i i don't think chris bryant will be a cub at the end of the year uh and i think i think it might be a tough 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 year north side of chicago yeah it just seems like a bad environment i agree like all the news i get out of out of Chicago is like, oh God, like they just don't you, seem to know. I mean, you sound like the, the White Bears. Sox. Reminds me of the Bears, where you're like, yeah. I'm not sure where we want to go. Like we're doing, we're rebuilding. No, like it, it, it just seems very chaotic on like what the plan of action is. Because like if you're gonna rebuild, then then rebuild. But like you can't half-ass a rebuild. You can't try and and like do. And it just seems unclear of what the the front office there is trying to do. Agreed. Agreed. I think I think we we kind of stand the same, which is why I did not have them qualifying for the playoffs. <laughs> same here. Uh, I mean, heck, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, go Cubs, go! But all right, Jan, give me the uh, the one player you can't wait to watch this year. Oh, you mentioned him already, and his start. Hopefully, he's not injured. I don't think he is. Shohei Otani. I mean, pitcher and second in the batting order for the first time in like a hundred years. You know, in his first start, Matt, he recorded seven strikeouts and a 101-mile-per-hour fastball and a 451-foot home run. That is the type of two-way player I want to see day in and day out. I want to see him strike out 15 people and hit a grand slam. And the fact that that is a possibility makes me so excited. It's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. It's, I love it's it. It's dope. That's yeah, like, definitely. That, oh, hey, like that makes me so excited about baseball and I don't get that excited about baseball, but like the prospect of like, of what he brings to the table possibly is so it, it's, it's exciting. Yeah, it just is. So, uh, and I think he will make the angels dangerous even more so, not even more so, but like in addition to Mike Trout, I think that the two of them can really uh, make an impression on that division. I uh, I went I, I went back homer on this one. I was gonna go Fernando Tatis. I had I had a whole thing written out about Fernando Tatis, and and I suppose it's still true, you know, breakout star from last year. But I, I feel like I can't say it now that he might be season. He he could be out for the rest of the season, uh, which is unfortunate. So I'm gonna go stay in New York. I'm gonna go to the guy that just signed that big that big contract, Mr. Smile, Francisco Lindor. I, I think you know. It, as, as we said earlier, you know, the Mets, I think, have a chance to to really have a, a really good team and, and win their division and make some noise. Um, and I think he anytime you're the guy that signs that contract, you're the you're the guy that has to set the tone. Um, and I think if he can set that tone that he did in Cleveland for, se- for you know, several years, then I, I think that that New York immediately becomes a contender in, in the NL. Yeah, I agree. And I oh man, I hope he's not injured for the whole. The whole season. I'll be so sad. He's so um, much fun to watch. I know, but the injury looked bad. I watched it on highlights, and I was like, "Ugh, that looks like something that not the whole season." If it's not, if it's not season injury, yeah, he. It's all star break. Be, it's gonna be a bit all star break. I think, which, which uh, sucks because you know such such a great such a great year. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I agree, though. I love Francisco Lindor. He got his big contract, and I'm excited to see him just go to work now. He doesn't have anything to worry about. He can just play and, and do great. <laughs> so he's he's got all the all the happiness in the world. I'm happy for the dude. I love it. All right, Jan, I didn't tell you to do this, but now since we've made our playoff picks, I'm going to force it on you. Give me, give me your World Series. Who, who's coming out of each and who, who wins the World Series? Oh, God, how dare you not? That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, um, I know. All right. So keep me uh, on your toes. Okay, well, you know, this isn't as hard as, as maybe I, I think it's going to be. Dodgers are coming out of the NL. So that's, that's uh, it's going to be someone against the Dodgers to try to keep them from repeating. So who do I think is going to go against the Dodgers? You know what? I'm going to be a New York homer. I think the Yankees stay healthy this year, and I think they go all the way, and we get a Yankees-Dodgers World Series. Give it to me. That's what I want to see, baby. I love it. I love it. I think it'd be a ton of fun. Are you taking the Dodgers over to the Yanks? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I think uh, yeah. I think it's four to one. Part. It, like, how do you not? Yeah. They just seem which, you know, it's funny because what did we just say last uh, se- uh segment? If it if it seems like it's etched in stone, it's probably not gonna happen. But uh <laughs> you know you the, still the, Dodgers, the Dodgers are probably, you know, the exception to that rule. There's there's times where it's tell you, hey, Laura, yeah, you're like that. Sometimes you just have to pick them because, like, even though the obvious doesn't happen, it's so obvious. How do you not pick it? So I, I'll go, I'll go Dodgers over the. Uh, I'll go. I I can't do. I don't want to do Dodgers over Yankees just because you did it. So I'll go. Should I just ride it all the way with the Angels? No, I'll go Dodgers <laughs> over the White Sox. Okay, Dodgers. I like Dodgers that. The White Sox. A lot of talent on the field there. Wow, that would uh, that would be a fiery one. Bruce, um, get some back. I love the pause that just happened with Matt trying to like wrestling with picking the Angels. You should have seen his face. He was just he was like, <laughs> I'm like, doing down way too much on the Angels. The Angels like, are becoming my Marquette. Yeah, that's what it is. Man, the Angels, 14 and 46, but they are on the rise. They are on the rise. Let me tell you, only 56 games to right the ship. Oh, man. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm excited. Baseball, unpredictable every year. So we'll see what happens. It certainly is, I, I would say, the most uh, the most unpredictable sport. It's, it's one that, which is why, you know, it's like the Dodgers have been so impressive. Like, I, I know they only have one World Series over these last few years, but like, they have consistently been right there in the thick of things. Um, and that does not seem to be changing this year. All right, Jan, we'll, we'll leave the diamond and we will go to uh, probably, man, my fa- I'm so sad. I'm always so sad after the NCAA tournament's over. And uh, I feel like this one even more I'm sad because you now we waited over a year for these tournaments, for these final fours and for, for champions to be crowned on both the, the women's and the men's side. And uh, college basketball, I think, particularly, was, you know, one that we were so anticipating for because it was really the only major sport that didn't get to crown their champion last year. Like, everybody else found the either, you know, got their seasons in before the craziness or were able to figure out a way to crown a champion. Um, but, you know, because of college athletics, it was not, not as flexible for them. So we finally had the tournament. Both tournaments, absolutely fantastic. Both Final Fours, particularly the women's Final Four, were exciting from start to finish. Uh, a lot of hype, a lot of emotion in these tournaments. They did not disappoint. The women's Final Four, 
two outstanding semifinal games. You had Stanford squeaking out a 66 to 65 win over South Carolina off of a go-ahead bucket by Haley Jones at 32 seconds left. And on the other side, after Stanford won, we all expected, all right, it's Tara Vanderveer, Gino Arieva. It's going to be UConn, Stanford. Not so quick. Ari McDonald and the Arizona Wildcats pulling off, honestly, probably the biggest, like, you could argue that Oral Roberts making the Sweet 16 is the biggest upset. You could argue UCLA making the Final Four. UConn losing in the Final Four to anyone, let alone a three seed that was in the, their first Final Four, I would argue probably the biggest upset of these tournaments. A 69-59 of 59 win. I mean, the defense by the Wildcats was, was phenomenal. We got a, a all-Pac-12 final that also didn't disappoint. Stanford led basically the whole game. They, they would build you know, a 10- to 12-point lead. And then Arizona would fight back. They 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 get a game and uh, a shot clock violation near the end of the game did give Arizona a chance to to win. They were down fifty four to fifty three, but terrific trap by the Stanford Cardinals bottled up Ari McDonald and Stanford and Tara Vanderveer win the national title. It's it's their third national title, their first one since nineteen ninety two, um, and just a, a terrific tournament on the women's side and, and a wonderful final four. Yeah, I mean, who saw UConn losing after Paige Jiggers like played the way she did and everyone, the whole team? Uh, but Ari McDonald was that good this season. So you know, I, she was she was the MVP for Arizona the entire tournament long. She carried the team on her back in the final as well. You know, people are saying what a game by Ari McDonald, but like, and she had twenty two points. Don't get me wrong; like, she did great. But like, she was five for twenty one from the field. You know what I mean? Like she struggled not, in that final she, game. Yeah. The first half particularly, I think she like she she was bad. Yeah. So, you know, it just goes to show that you need to win. You can't just win by one player. You have to win by committee. And that's exactly what Stanford did. I mean, Brink was a beast. Haley Jones, top scorer, top rebounder, and the most outstanding player. And Hull was dishing dishing out a double double uh as well. Just so many great players. Um, they were it was funny. Stanford was outscored in all but the first quarter by Arizona, but they came out, I mean, just like the men's side, they came out strong and that carried them the whole way. And um, that's all they needed to do. And it just shows, goes to show like in these finals, if you can land a good punch in the first quarter, it's really hard to come back from sometimes. Uh, so congratulations, Tara Vanderveer. Obviously what a baller coach, just like a goat in her own right. Um, and, uh, you know, got the Cardinals to a win Haley Jones outstanding, but really it was a team effort. Uh, and it had to be to beat a player like Ari McDonald. Um, and yeah, I think very deserving of the win. Yeah, it is. It, so happy for Tara Vanderveer. We talked about her a few months ago when she broke Pat Summit's uh, record for most wins as a head coach. And, um, I believe Gino Ariama too is like, he's like four or five wins behind her. So Good for her for getting a couple more wins than, than Gino in this tournament and trying to uh, spread out that that lead she's got on him. But, uh, yeah, terrific performance by Stanford. You know, they're, they're a, one of the programs in, in women's college basketball that, that year in, year out is terrific. They've dominated the Pac-12 for basically since Vanderveer's been there, um, which I, 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 was, I, couldn't ima- I was so surprised that it had been 29 years since they won a national championship because they, they've been to a lot of Final Fours. They've won so many, so many conference championships. So good for her for for finally getting that uh, that title back for Stanford. Um, and and just yeah, I mean just just a great tournament. Uh, there's the Iowa State Texas A and M game in the second round. Like the the women's game was just uh, it, it was on this year, and it, it it was arguably more exciting than the men's. 
Yeah, I it definitely was. The final even... four, the final four certainly was. Yes, I mean, and the final was too. The final was too. There, the fact that there was a shot that could have changed the outcome at the end that made it more exciting. Um, right. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in final four as I. The oh, whole, oh yeah, those the whole three games. Yeah, 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 those three games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it just goes to show. Watch women's basketball, man. It's exciting as hell. Don't sleep on it. Hey, I tell you what, we will be watching lots of women's basketball next year because I I cannot wait for Iowa hoops. Like Woo! Luca Garza might be gone from Iowa City. Damn good basketball will not be gone. We you got Caitlin Clark coming back, arguably you know one of the best players in the country, uh, and I think too like Caitlin Clark. It, she's she's a competitor. I think she's gonna come back next year and be like, man, I didn't get the respect I deserved. I I didn't get. I, I should have gotten a little more acknowledgement, a, a few more All American, All Conference, you know, things like that. I think she's gonna come back ready to play. Uh, and, and it's not even just her. I mean, she's the freshman. Then they started three sophomores and a junior. You get your entire team back from a team that made the Sweet Sixteen and, and lost out to a great UConn team, and and also a, a top twenty five recruiting class for Lisa Bluter and the Hawks. So I think there's a good chance they start next year in the top 10 of the preseason. Yeah. I mean, I love McKenna Warnock and Kate Martin, especially those sophomores returning that I think are going to do really well. Uh, and they have an all big 10 junior in Monica Zanano. So like, I think that led the, I'm pretty sure she led the country in field goal percentage this year as well. I think that sounds right. I, I, I don't have that stat in front of me, but like, I, I think Caitlin Clark's only going to get better, which is scary for the whole cut. What is she going to average 40 points a game? Maybe. I don't know perhaps um, 15 assists but i think i think it's going to i think it's going to be a same situation as luca garza you know it's not going to be about how much better can she get it's going to be how can they build the team around her to succeed plus her cuz Kaylin clark will be what keeps you in games and what gets you over the hump but the rest of the game about making it consistent that's what the other players are going to have to contribute um and and we'll see what happens big recruiting class coming in uh that i think is going to help them out Looks like a good culture is coming in women's hoops. I'm excited. I'm really excited. I think Sweet 16 should be the should be the minimum uh, goal for them next year. And it was a great achievement this year. Now let's get to a Final Four, baby. Yeah, absolutely. I would. I, I'd love to see that. Lisa. Lisa's been doing certainly early on too. Has been has been absolutely or these last few years early on. These last few years has been has been really killing it for the Hawks between Gustafsson and, and the Elite Eight run. Uh, it's it's a program that just seems to be heading in the right direction, and, and when you got a talent like Clark, it's uh, it's that's something to hang your hat on. Um, but I agree, I, the low post players, especially for the Hawks, I, they're they're very very talented offensively, defensively. Uh, which, yeah. man, I sound like a broken record talking about defense on, in Iowa basketball, but yep. th- that's that's the question I have about the team in general, but. It, it should be a, a great year. And the Big Ten in general for women's basketball next year is going to be stacked. I agree. Big Ten in both men's and women's it just looks like unstop. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get two winners from the Big Ten next year uh, in the in the tournaments, um, which makes it harder. But when you play those good teams consistently, uh, you hope that you're ready when the tournament time comes around. So uh, I think it's it's a good thing for the Iowa Hawkeyes for sure. I would. I could not agree more. All right, let's make our way over to the men's game, the men's Woo! final four. It was, uh, man. Thank God we. I won our our thing because Gonzaga lost me a lot of money last night. I'm I'm very glad that I still got some money coming, but I was so close to such a big payday today, Jan, and Baylor Bears. It. 
what what a game. I mean, we should probably start with the semifinals. The Baylor semifinal, pretty straightforward. They they dominated from from end, end to end. The UCLA Gonzaga game, one of the all time greats. Yeah. Uh, probably one of the all time shots. What's unfortunate about that game and that shot now is we're probably not going to remember it that much because if you don't go on to win the title, it's kind of just another shot. Like I, I know that there was a lot at stake and I know it was a great shot and a great game, but if you don't finish the job, people don't remember it as much, which, which is a shame, but it's the fact. I mean, that's just the truth of the matter. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, I just agree. Brazil losing 7-0 to Germany would not have mattered as much if Germany lost to Argentina in the World Cup final. Like, it would have just yeah. been a game that people remember that sucked. But uh, now it's remembered as like a postmark for how dominant they were in that tournament. Um, look at me just finding a reason to talk about German soccer. Yeah, ah. you know, hey, you, you haven't done it in a while. I, I, it's it's acceptable. Thank you. Um, no, but I I mean, I agree. It sucks. for And Jalen Suggs had two good games. Uh, so... Unfortunate that that won't be remembered as as much as he would like it to be. Yeah, Baylor dominated against Houston and then just came out in this game and and they looked like the team that was undefeated. They looked like right. the team that was undefeated. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And I and I don't even know what to. I mean, hard to swallow for Gonzaga fans. Their best team by far. And now the question is like, will Mark Few ever win a national title there? I don't know. It becomes I now. I think he will. See, I see. I think actually, uh, my take on that is that might be Baylor's only chance. I'm not sure how many other teams Scott Drew is going to be able to put together. Gonzaga's probably going to start next year number one. They're already the betting favorite. You you lose. You probably lose Ayayi. Of course, you lose Kispert. You lose Suggs. Does Timmy come back? Maybe not. But they've got a bunch of other guys that are coming back. They've got a great point guard coming in, and Chet Holgram hasn't committed to Gonzaga yet, but he's going to. And when he does, they like. They're going to be right back in the fold of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like, I don't think, you know what it is? It's like it's it, it, the duck becomes bigger on you. So I think that, you know, I think the monkey on your back gets a little bigger. So I think that uh, that's the only thing I'm saying. I'm not saying that they won't. They'll go to another final probably with Mark Few. And I agree, Baylor's not, you, we won't see Baylor now start like a reign of dominance. I think it was a great team. Um, I mean, wow, what a great team. Like you talk about Jared Butler, who is the most outstanding player by far and was hitting threes like it was his job. But like Davion Mitchell looked scary as hell. Davion Mitchell was like, anytime he was dribbling, I was like, poor guy that has to defend Davion Mitchell. That whole team. Like that's like, that was my biggest takeaway. Like, of course, after like any sort of games like these, it's like, oh, was Gonzaga overrated or all this. But I I think throw all that narrative the, the hell out. All that game was to me was Baylor and Scott Drew putting on – I mean, that was the best game I think they might have ever played. They came off that game just firing on all cylinders. The, the game plan that, that Scott Drew put together for them, they executed to perfection. They were hitting open shots. Gonzaga, I think, also kind of started the game a little they, – they looked a little – I don't know. Like, they, they just had too much emotions. Like, their head wasn't in the game because they were like, oh, we're here. We got to go do this. And they weren't really focused on the, on the task at hand. Uh, and I, I think if maybe they had, then it, then it would have been closer. But Baylor was just so effective all night defensively, offensively, that once they got that lead, I mean, once Baylor was up like 15, even with 10 minutes to go in the first half, there was no part of me that thought Gonzaga had a chance. Not because Gonzaga isn't a really good team. I think Gonzaga probably could come back. I don't think Baylor was was ever going to give them the chance. I know, like I, Gonzaga could have come back. 
Baylor couldn't give that lead up because they were just playing far too well and and, and just executing in, in every facet of the game. Right, and all, every single player. I mean, Macy Oteague, De- uh, Davion Mitchell, Jared Butler. Then you had Mark Vidal playing like he's damn Dremon Green out there. Like he's just I love like, Mark Vidal so woo! much. I mean, that's such whole, a beast. I mean, was just ridiculous on the board. Six five center. Yeah, and Chamwa Chachua was also amazing there. You know, I just they had every everything was going for them. Their coach, their game plan, their three point shots, their 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 toughness in the paint, their defense, their transition defense. I mean, they they played the perfect game. Sometimes you play the perfect game, and they played the perfect game in the absolute most important game, and that's that. You're right. I don't think it had anything to do with Gonzaga playing badly. Maybe they didn't start the game where they wanted to in their heads, but they could have come from behind if it was not a team playing at, at their absolute peak. They didn't come within nine points. You know, it, they, it was they started the game nine and zero, and that was it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know. I'm just happy for Scott Drew. We talked about this last night. He's a goon. His whole like speech and everything was like ridiculous. I, it's so funny to me. Um, happy for what he, him, what he's done with his Baylor team that was in the absolute pits in every way possible uh, when he took over in 2003-4. The story of, of what the program he took over sounds like a TV show. Like, it it, is, like every time I go, yeah. like I remember when it happened and and such. And like even now when I like read about it and like think about it, I'm like, how is this reality? Because it's so strange that it's like it, it's it was so so insane, and and that program was like you said in the pits. It was in the pits. There was murder. There was scandal. There was everything. There's literally it's going to be a, a limited series. You know it will be. Um, looking forward to it. Looking forward to whoever plays Scott Drew. Um, and I think that uh, yeah, first ever NCAA title for Brailer. Second for the state of Texas which is kind of crazy when you think about it, but we talked about Texas and basketball don't really mix. Um, And yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Gonzaga responds next season with losing players, but also still being Gonzaga. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I I think Gonzaga still, you know, fuse 58. Gonzaga is going to be fine. And I know it's painful certainly for those guys, but I I think it's, I I don't see Mark few retiring without a national championship. I just don't. I just, I think, I think they're too good. And, and, you know, getting to Final Fours is tough, and, and they've done that twice now. So I, I think he's heading in the right way. But it was just uh, – I mean, Baylor was just fantastic. I texted you last night, guards, guards, guards. This this is a guards game now. And we as Iowa fans know that very well because we had the best player in the country, but it's not the days of Shaq and Kareem anymore. It's it's a guards game. And, and Baylor's ability to, to use those guards and, you know, how many times did they – make sure they got that matchup of Timmy guarding one of those guards. Like they over and over, they made sure they got that matchup and they were able to eat Timmy up because those guys are quick as lightning. Right. Exactly. And, and the reason Gonzaga was unbeatable was not because it drew Timmy it was because drew Timmy plus all of their guards. So like, I think it's true. Like look at Michigan with Hunter Dickinson. Didn't, didn't make it. Look at Luca guards in Iowa. Didn't make it. Look at Evan Mobley in USC. Didn't make it. Like it's true. It's guards, guards, guards. And at the end of the day, like, yeah, that's what it is. And you and, don't have it. Yeah. The, the, and the, and if you have it, yeah. And if you have yeah, it, you're you got great. Post, yeah, perfect. I'll take I'll take a nice low post guy, but like if you don't have the guard play, it's just you're you're not gonna be able to get it done at, at the, the highest level. Um and uh I mean those those Baylor guards were so so good last night. They were there wasn't a team in the world that like could have stopped Baylor last night. 
Yeah, agreed. So I, I mean, did you see Davion Mitchell galloping down the court like he was a damn horse? Like, like I, I will never. I remember that one play where he literally like stutter stopped three times in a row on his way to just going straight down the court to the basket, and I was just like, this game is over. This and, game and is just crazy. like his his hands defensively. It's like how did you how did you get your hand on that ball? Right, and, but he just does it constantly over and over. Here's the 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 question I want to have because if Gonzaga won, we were obviously going to do the where do they lie in the all-time team I think Baylor deserves that conversation I'm not making an argument that Baylor's one of the top five ten teams of all time but when you really examine this team you know one of the most dominant teams last year bring back basically everybody because they didn't get their chance to play in the NCAA tournament this year they go 29 and 2 one of those losses was their second game after coming back from COVID and, and like we talked about before, they weren't Michigan where there was COVID stuff happening around their program. Their players had COVID. So like coming back from that was, it, that, that's tough. Like this team in itself was, was close to an undefeated season and, and two straight seasons where they've just absolutely been one of the most dominant teams. And I, I, think, I think this team, because the narrative has been so much about Gonzaga being one of the all-time greats, I don't think Baylor has really gotten it's it's due recognition because as much as that was an upset, like those have been the two best teams all year. Like we, we shouldn't really be that surprised that Baylor was able to get it done. Maybe surprised by how they got it done uh, and, and, you know, winning by so much, but like this is what Baylor's done the last 24 months. Right. I mean, I don't see any reason why they can't be up there with like Oh nine UNC with like 14 Villanova. Like, I think they're just as good as any of those teams and they deserve to be on that recognition table. Um, and I think the only reason we weren't talking about them was because of the history that seemed to be destined on the other side of things. Um, but they had, you're right, they've had unstoppable play all year. We just think, we see it now because everybody clicked at the same time. But like, even Flagler looked like he could be the best player out there. And he's like the sixth option. Like, I don't even, I, I just literally... It's like when Iowa played Oregon and they weren't missing a shot and you just knew we were going to lose at that point. It was like that, but also their defense was the best and their and their paint play was the best. I mean, they could like they were shooting threes, they were getting to the hoop, they were blocking shots, they were causing turnovers, they were fighting open men. Like it it was literally they were hitting on all cylinders. Like I I can't remember a performance particularly in the championship game that has been so like thorough. Like most of the time I think of the championship games and I think of like the Gonzaga Yukon games we've had, or not Gonzaga Yukon, uh, Butler Yukon games we've had that are like ugly and, and the defense is, you know, it's more just like a tight affair like that. Like Baylor just that was it was a clinic. Like it, it looked like they were playing like there was no big stage at all. Like I, like I felt like they didn't even know they were playing for a national championship. They were just like, we're going to just play and play well. Right. I agree. And um, yeah, I just think I, if not the team team wise, I don't know where they stack, but in terms of performance in the final top three, for sure. I can't, I, I, I don't even know who I'm thinking of for the other ones, but I won't give them number one. Cause I can't, directly compare them in my head right now but definitely right. top three in terms of dominance in terms of the perfect game to play and what a what a time to play it that's how you win tournaments is you have the perfect game in the in the most important game and so congratulations to baylor to scott true to jared butler excited to see a lot of players from that final in the nba very very soon
Yeah, I, I, I think I think Davion Mitchell and, and Jerry Butler particularly. I mean, Mitchell, I think for sure is going to be a guy that that makes an impact in the uh, at the next level in the NBA. But um, yeah, it's it's an incredible story, and it's 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 kind of sad to me just because like so many years there's like one team that you like are really really pulling for, and then like they don't get it done. It's but like how. As much as I was pulling for Gonzaga, how do you not also pull for Baylor? Like it was one of those years where I was just like, man, I'd love to see both these programs get this win because they both deserve it and they both have worked so so hard on it. Um, but yeah, but Baylor gets it done. Like you said, second championship in Texas, joining the uh, Texas Western team of 1967. Also, the first time we've had back-to-back new national championship winners since That's 2002, true. 2003. That's fair. Maryland and, and Syracuse did it back in 2002, 2003. So it's been a long time since we've had back-to-back new new winners. Virginia, of course, the last one, uh, which which also I think is is you know a testament to how great college basketball is. Like I, we're we're not talking about just Clemson and Alabama. We're talking about Baylor and Gonzaga. We're talking about Texas Tech against Virginia. Like this this sport absolutely rules. Right, it does. And also, like you think. Not just like who won that it was a different person, but you think even like Virginia, for example, like one year they're winning everything. Then COVID happens when they think they're going to win everything again. And then we all predicted that they would get upset in the first round. Like that's how it happens. Like it's just crazy. Yeah, it's true. It, I mean, it's so it's and I think, you know, I, I'm i a fan of the transfer portal. I, and I think we're going to keep on, on seeing that because I think we're going to. Of course, like I said before, there, there's going to be the guys that are trying to, to take a step up and go to those next top programs. But there's also going to be the guys like we saw for Baylor that that found their home at Baylor and found their their place to, to really succeed there the best. Or a guy like Johnny Chuzang, who, who while he was a top recruit, didn't really fit well at Kentucky and now, you know, making a huge impact on UCLA. I uh, I hope he comes back because I think he's really fun to watch, but I, I certainly wouldn't blame Chuzang if he goes to the pros. Yeah, I wouldn't blame everyone if they go to the pros. I mean, you know, people were – you talk about Drew Timmy. I mean, maybe he comes back to win with Gonzaga. I think – you know what? I actually could see him coming back to, like, win with Gonzaga to, like, have one more shot at it given, like, how close they were. Um, and his pro prospects aren't, like – they're probably yeah. not as – they're probably not, like, what Lucas were last year. Like, I think Timmy probably is, is looked at as a first-rounder and would probably go in the first round. But it, it's not like, you know – it's not like Suggs where they're like, you're going to be a top three pick. You you have to go. Like, But the thing with Timmy is I'm not even sure they want Timmy back. Timmy and Holmgren, that might be that might be too much, too many big guys. But uh, I'm sure Mark Fee would make it work. Yeah, he'd make it work. He'd be like, I, yeah, we'll figure something out. I'll figure it we'll, out. Yeah, don't worry. I'm Mark Few. I'm Mark freaking Few. Plus, Tim, I mean, Timmy can play on the outside a little bit. I know Holmgren's a, a guy that can really play any position. So, I think I think the future is certainly still bright for Gonzaga, um, and and we'll see what happens with Baylor now. I, because, like I said, I I feel more confident in the future of the program of Gonzaga. Doesn't mean I think Baylor is going to be bad, but but I just think uh, it, we'll see if Scott Drew can can make this magic again. And uh, if anyone can do it, it's probably him. He's he's one hell of a coach. Right, and we'll see. You know, if he how long he wants to stay there too. We were talking about him leaving. He's obviously not going to leave now, but like. We'll see. It's going to be interesting to see what he does. He seems like he has a great culture over there. So I'm excited uh, to see what happens with both of these programs. Um, And yeah, March comes to an end. I'm I'm also bummed. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to bump. And you know what? Of course, I'm happy. One shiny moment. 
Dude, that, that song always makes me a bummer. It's like, oh, it's so sad. Oh, God. Uh, it's uh, over. They're never going to play again. I did, uh, last night I knew it was going to make me sad, too, because like, I know they're going to show Luca. And I know they're going to at least have one shot of Luca being sad. And I'm going to get very, very sad. And I I'm sick of seeing Luca crying in the arms. Of, don't show me that anymore. Like, I got it immediately after. I know the storyline, but that was, that was like, a forever ago. Don't tell me that. They love, they love showing people crying. At least, I, like, I always hate the cameramen that show the kids crying. I'm just like, God, leave them alone. Right. He's, like, My... fixed. Right, exactly. Like, he, he, let him cry. We're all crying. Don't videotape it. Oh, God. Let him be somber by himself. All right, Jan. We've made it to the cool down. Ooh, yeah. All right. We're starting with Easter. Hope you had a wonderful Easter. Hope everyone had a wonderful Easter, a wonderful Passover, uh, whatever, however you celebrate or whatever you celebrate. Wish you all the best. Certainly you as well, Jan. Give me a, an Easter tradition that, that you partook in as a, as a kid that you do now. Any sort of Eastern tradition. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to take a page from your book and say, I didn't really know what to put for this um huh. and and call up but like you know i did an easter egg hunt always you know my parents were always cool about that um but that's like a that's like a th- that's, that's a tr- right but that's like a normal one that's like who doesn't do an easter egg hunt that's, I, my, that's I, what mine is okay all right well it, you know what i think my actually mine easter tradition is i go and i hunt for the easter bunny and i'm like I, who created i've always wanted to make a, an easter movie that was like the fly you know, or Jeff Goldblum becomes a grown fly. Because I, I imagine that's how the Easter Bunny was created. Because otherwise, how is there a grown, like, man also bunny? It's some sort of sci-fi thing. You know? He's kind of a terrifying entity. Terrifying. I agree with that, man. The Easter Bunny as a concept is like, why? Why did you do this to us? Just give me the fat guy with the beard. I, yeah. I'm good with that. Don't try to make him half man, half animal. That's the worst idea. That never works out in a good way. When has that ever worked out? Um, no, but I, I, another thing we do for a lot of holidays, but my parents and I and my brother, we go on like an Easter hike because the weather is nice. And we, so we always Love like go, that. we would go hiking in Solon uh, near Lake McBride always. Um, so that was kind of what we did. Um, also, my mom is like such a holiday decorator. So she would just, there's like Easter stuff all over the house right now. Um, but yeah, that's my, those are my Easter traditions. Yeah. I mean, you know, Eastern, they don't have to be that great on I mean, mine. Mine is as well as just doing some great Easter egg hunt. And like, and I feel like all Easter, like you always got to spend some time outside, but yeah, we'd go up to my grandma's and do the Easter egg hunt. I remember the best was when I was like, turned like 10 and I was still like doing the Easter egg hunt. But then the, the aunts and, and my mom and stuff would like sometimes put money in the, in the egg and so I'd find, you know, like five bo- $5 and feel like I just won the lottery. Like I was just like, I'm the richest person of all time. I mm. have just found this $5 in the Easter egg. I've, I'm about to ball out. Yeah. Who needs a diploma? I've got a fiver right here. Somebody call my exes. I just hit the bank, baby. Hit the bank. Sugar daddy status achieved. <laughs> You want two Cadbury eggs? I got you, baby. Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Don't even worry. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna take care of you. No worries. Star, Starburst jelly beans. As many as you want. Oh God, that's so. Funny. <laughs> All right, Jan. Uh, I actually haven't seen a ton of these. 
So I kind of am interested. I know you've talked to me before about one of these films, but I want to know an Oscar film. It uh, doesn't have to be any any nomination. doesn't have to be Best Picture or whatever, uh, but, but an Oscar-nominated film that, that you are recommending for the people to watch. I haven't seen a single Oscar film, and I and I am disappointed in myself for saying that. But I will say, you saw the trial I, of Chicago, Sh- Chicago Seven, right? Oh, I guess I did see a single. I I have I've seen the trial of Chicago Seven. Okay, but here's what I'll say. My answer is one I haven't seen, but I think it's an important movie nonetheless. I picked Minari. Uh, I just think that with everything going on right now, uh, with the recent uh, brutality and discrimination we've seen against a- 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 Asian people in this country. I think it's a great movie to to see to to you know watch and appreciate uh, the kind of all Asian production down the line of it, directed by Lee Isaac Chung, produced by Christina O oh, with Steve Ewan. Um, also, it's apparently about the Ozarks, and the cinematography looks amazing. So that that's something that's cool on its own. Um, but I also think it's you know when we can appreciate the importance and human nature of other cultures, we can start to bite down on the hate towards them. So I think Minari is like a great movie to to check out. Uh, and it's also supposed to be really good. So there you go. Love that. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard, I've heard lots of good things. And I I, uh, I haven't watched Walking Dead in a long time because it got shitty. But I'm pretty sure Stephen Ewan was like dead already. They kill everybody off. He, I always loved him on that show. So and, and I think that's the only thing I've gotten to see him in. So I've been I've been excited to watch Minari and, and see him in that in a different sort of role. Uh, I've actually really, like I said, I've really only seen one and it was No Man Land. Uh, it's really interesting and, and at times heartbreaking story. Um, one of the things I really love about it is, of course, Frances McDormand is, is the lead and is incredible, as she always is. Uh, but her and David Stray, Straythan, I can never say his last name right, are really the only like actors in it. All of the other characters and stuff are played by real nomads and, and like kind of just like play themselves in this story. So it's sort of this like, hybrid between like a fictional film and a documentary like at times like you kind of feel like you're watching a documentary um especially with how uh, the cinematography is done which another movie with gorgeous cinematography uh and chloe chloe zhao um the first chinese american or chinese woman to um to be uh, nominated for best director she is uh, her directing chef's kiss so totally uh recommended nomadland and that one's that's one of those that's on hulu so an easier one to get to out of movies I want to see, just because I have to bring this up, I want to see Sound of Metal so bad. I've heard it's so dope. Is that Riz Ahmed? Is that that one? That's yeah. That's going deaf. Like I, I always love Riz Ahmed. I heard he's great in it. And then I've heard, I heard the sound design is just so cool with like, uh, you know, as he's dealing with, with losing his hearing and, and trying to still be a musician and stuff. I've, I've heard it's a, a, a fantastic film. Hey, movies about drumming, always good. You got, you know, you got uh, Dude, Whiplash, Whiplash. is one of my favorite movies Whiplash. ever. Like, I, I love I, Me and my buddy, we used to, when we would get like a little drunk sometimes, I would randomly start slapping him in the face. He'd just be like, that's not my tempo. And like, oh I, my God. I don't know why we started doing it, but we would do that like frequently. And I'm not even sure he saw the movie. So it was just a reference for me. Like I was just slapping his face and being an asshole just, does remind me not to hang out with you and this one friend like together at the yeah. same time like that's I, true uh, that's uh that's something i gotta stay away from for my own health <laughs> or or chaotic me and old mcdonald had a far all right Jan. it's quick fire questions time Woo! let's do it i i think these ones these ones are challenging but they're fun okay so the first one 
What was your favorite moment from the tournament this year? Oh, my favorite moment from the tournament this year. Um, I'm going to say favorite tournament moment running through. You know what it is? And it's a dumb one, but it's just like the hype I like to see in basketball. Do you remember? I forget what round it was. It was a it was an upset by Loyola Chicago when Cameron Cutwig like stuck a hand out there and knocked the ball out of bounds off his opponent and then just went nuts. He just went against nuts against Illinois. Yes, that's exactly the yeah, game. Yeah. That moment and Cameron Crutwig just like flipping the hell out. Like that that was my favorite moment, I think. I mean, so many to pick from. I just didn't want to pick an obvious one. So that's that's what I'll go with. Hey, hey I love it. That's 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 what I love about the tournament, though. There are those like even just that little moment, that sort of like passion and stuff is like what makes this right it the world cup is my favorite sporting event the NCAA tournament is my favorite yearly sporting event and they feel they always feel very similar to me of just like the amount of passion that the athletes bring to the event not that like there's not passion in other sports but there's just something about the world cup and the NCAA tournament uh because I think mostly because it's like for a lot of these players it's like this is our it's our one shot to to do this um so yeah, I, it's I always love the tourney. I think that's a great choice, Jan. All right. Speaking of soccer, who in the Champions League are you most worried about challenging Bayern? Is it is it this Paris team? Is it Manchester City? Finally, I mean, I hate to say it, this Manchester City team kind of looks legit for the first time in their history. Who who are you worried about uh, in, in in the rest of the the Champions League taking down Bayern? Yeah, I mean. I my gut wants to say PSG because we're playing them more immediately. Um, so it's like they can knock us out like right, you know, tomorrow. We're missing a lot of players for that game. But I still well, let's think here, let's let's say this. Let's say let's say there ha- there wasn't a draw out of like just the seven teams that like if you had to meet one in the final, which one would you like which one would be the one you prefer not to beat in the final, including PSG. I know that can't happen, but like Yeah, Manchester City. For sure. Manchester City, for sure. I just think that, you know, as much as I don't trust them in the later rounds of the Champions League, uh, as much as there's a monkey that can be off your back, uh, be on your back, you're more likely to get that monkey off every time you go. So I I think that um, I think that my tendency to write them off is not does not mean that I would want to meet them. I wouldn't want to meet them and be like, oh, well, we'll beat them because they always lose. Like that's a that's a recipe. And and, uh, you know, as much as we want to shit on Guardiola he's got his team in a good position um and they look they look formidable they do I mean like I I, I hate it because I I'm always like ah they're not gonna get it done but like you know they've, they've taken their deficiencies that they've had the last few years and they've really they've turned them into strengths even and it's it's one of the few times that like you're watching Manchester City and you're like shit they they kind of look like a complete soccer team uh they, they look scary I will certainly be rooting I'll be the biggest Bayern Munich fan in the goddamn world. They play Manchester City in the final. Don't you worry about that, Jan. I, I honestly don't want to challenge you on that. I believe you. I'll, I believe I'll, you. Be, I'll be bleeding red and blue. Blue. All right. My life. You guys got blue in your colors, right? Huh. No, red and white. There's no best. Barcelona, different team. There's, there's blue in Bayern Munich's emblem. Oh, in the emblem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the emblem. Yeah, that's fair. Not in the jersey, but in the emblem. I, I give you that. I'll give you that. Barcelona, that's more like purple. I guess they got a bluish. Barcelona's got weird ass colors. All right. Last quick fire question. This is my favorite quick fire question of all time. Oh God. Will Aaron will Aaron Rodgers become the next host of Jeopardy? 
I think, yeah. I'm going to say, yeah. He seemed like he, he's just in his element. And, you know, he married what's-her-name, is going to marry what's-her-name. I think it's the next step to him just becoming a total dweeb. I think he just wants to do it. So, like, I'm I'm here for it. I think that question that got asked of him the other night was hilarious. I thought that was, Dude, that that was, was so funny. funny. I wouldn't have funny. the ball. I wouldn't have the cojones to do that because I'd be like, Aaron Rodgers might throw a football in my head and kill me because I don't want to upset him that much. Right. I mean – yeah. Well, why not? Right. He can do anything he wants. And there's no one else that's like, well, you can't take over. That guy's there, you know? So I, oh, why not? I think so. I think so. And then, and then in like 60 years, not 60 years, we won't be alive in 60 years. Well, maybe, but like in like 30 years, we'll be like, you know, the host of Jeopardy and like Aaron Rodgers, the great host of Jeopardy's like, yeah, he used to be a quarterback. Do you believe that? <laughs> like the best quarterback. I <laughs> that guy broke my heart in a ton of NFC championship games. He could never could never win them, kids. Oh, God. I mean, if he wins that, the Super Bowl, he's retiring in, immediately and, and becoming the host of Jeopardy, for sure. Right to Jeopardy. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, I've signed a 10-year deal with, with Jeopardy. I think my favorite thing about it is just like, even if it doesn't happen, like, I love that he's just even, like, entertaining it. Like, I love that he's just like, yeah, like, why wouldn't I want to do that? Like, it seems like a pretty great job and, and all this stuff, and he – he enjoys it. Plus, he's good at it. When he was on the show, he kicked everybody's ass. Yeah, he did. And he seems like he loves it. So, like, I, as long as you love it, man, do it. And, you know, it, Aaron Rodgers loves Jeopardy. Let him do it. Paul Pierce loves twerking. Let him do it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> you got to let do you got to do what you love. The point of this podcast is do what makes you happy, even when it's stupid. <laughs> even when it's dumb as hell. I feel you, Paul Pierce. You and me both. We're in the same boat. Rough weekend. All right, oh. we made it. We made it to the end. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us. It was it was a blast. Another great episode going over college basketball. Got golf to look forward to this weekend. Um, and you know, just as sad as, as basketball. That's such a good song. Sad as I am, basketball's gone. We got NBA is going to heat up. All the soccer cups are going to heat up. There, there's still still lots to look forward to. Uh, everybody, make sure you stay safe out there. Wear a mask. Get vaccinated if you can. I got my first shot yesterday. I already forgot how to read, so there are some uh, horrible symptoms. I'm already. I'm not sure I should even make that joke. Yeah, Uh, clearly I'm. I'm not anti-vaccine. So get vaccinated. Stay safe, y'all. Do you have anything for the wonderful people? Yeah, the book that I'm reading right now has this great uh, quote, and I just want to say it: Uh, "What you do matters. Who you are matters more." And that's what I want to leave you guys with. Love that. Love that. Thank you guys as always. Cheers, y'all.